Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise the Lord. This week we will continue our discussion of current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So this week I want to start off with talking about an article that I ran across on the Christian Post reporter, I mean Christian Post website, and it's about scammers posing as pastors in churches nationwide are issuing an urgent warning because local pastors in these scams are being impersonated in order to trick their congregants out of hundreds of dollars. And it's not just in one state, but it's in multiple states, and it even hit here in Wisconsin, it, it, Whitefish Bay, as a matter of fact. They're impersonating trusted pastors and have fooled a number of victims nationwide. As churches are speaking out about the trend, one state government is warning that scammers may be using information available on church websites to, websites to get a leg up on tricking faithful churchgoers. It's happening in Texas to the point where Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton issued a consumer alert recently regarding persons who allege to be pastors and priests who text or email members of various churches asking them to buy gift cards that will benefit a charitable cause. And then it happened in North Carolina. A similar scam penetrated the inboxes of churchgoers in several congregations. In Greenville, one churchgoer was tricked out of $500. In Gaston County, at least one member of Venture Church was scammed out of $300. And I think uh, after the congregant response, a second email from the imposter pastor 
reads, I urgently need to get a Google Play gift card for a cancer patient that I promised her as a birthday gift, but I can't do this right now. Can you get it from any store around you? I'll make sure that it's refunded tomorrow. So while some scammers have asked for Google Play cards, others have asked for iTunes gift cards. In Birmingham, Alabama, there have been at least five churches that were targeted. Um, the Catholic Diocese of Rochester and Western New York say that about a dozen of its priests have been impersonated by scammers. A 73, uh, I mean, that's a lot of priests. A 73-year-old woman in the diocese said she bought about $500 worth of iTunes gift cards that she thought would go to a cancer patient. And after she sent the scammer the code for the gift card, she was asked for more gift cards to help another sick friend. At least four Catholic churches in Omaha, Nebraska were targeted in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, the pastor of Maxwell Street Presbyterian Church is warning his congregants to be more careful to be before they start giving online. A number of his congregants received an email from a scammer pretending to be him. And then here recently on Channel 6 News, um, there was the Whitefish Bay Police Department got involved. The Whitefish Bay Police have issued a scam warning after someone contacting the Milwaukee Catholic Archdiocese parishioners pretending to be Father Tim Kitsky, who I I guess is a you know a popular priest here in um, Milwaukee. The officials say the suspect is asking parishioners to purchase gift cards and send photos of the cards and their PIN numbers to a cell phone number. The police have spoken to Father Kitsky, and he is requesting that no one buy gift cards on his behalf. So if you receive anything in your inbox, in your May email or text asking... I think they should report it, and I think that there should be some type of way that they can trace it back to the source. You would think that they would be able to. I don't know. I mean, it, unless... I don't know if it's like... I don't know how they do that with texts. Right, but if they're sending it to a specific text, uh, it looks like they should be able to trace it. Well, just be warned, because this is happening not just here, it's happening all over the United States. And then, I got something in my email about uh, Momo. Some, I was reading something about Momo, and I deleted it, because I didn't know what it was I don't know maybe it was in my spam email or something and I deleted it but then I found this article on Christian headlines Christian news headlines and it's called a Momo challenge and what it is is an online challenge that targets teens tweens and even younger children and they do it via snippets in YouTube kids videos. The challenge encourages kids to contact an unknown person called Momo, which is represented by a sculpture of a woman with a gaunt face, bulging eyes, and a creepy smile. Via, they contact Momo via WhatsApp or Facebook primarily. The Momo account then sends them violent and graphic images and texts telling them to engage in various challenges that start out small 
and strange and then escalate to harming themselves and others, possibly culminating in the final challenge of committing suicide. What I can't understand, YouTube, they're supposed to be monitoring. Now, this is the kids' uh, YouTube channel, and they're supposed to be monitoring I guess what's being put out there. Now, parents, uh, if they're aware of this, there should be someone demanding that they take this particular site down. And, you know, they have to be, be very careful. Allowing children access to internet and things like that, to me, is, especially being so young, I mean, that's a dangerous thing to do. But I can't understand how the site is still up. See, I, I, I see something this harmful. How is it that it's still well, functioning? So when I read the next part of this um, article, it reminds me of that uh, Slender Man. Yes. Um, so in order to prove they are completing the challenges, the kids are supposed to send a photographic or video evidence of them completing the tax, tasks. If they ever try to stop, the Momo account threatens to expose them and or harm them or and that's and clearly, their loved ones. That's now, clearly criminal. Now, I, I, I understand this is supposed to be real, but something about this strikes me as being kind of extreme because once you threaten to harm somebody, I mean, you've stepped over into the criminal uh, part of, uh, of things. So I... Something it, it doesn't sound quite right. Once you, if you if you stop, then we threaten to harm you, your family. Something's not quite right because there's just no way that the site should still be active. Then I don't know. Is that Sunderman account still active? Or but the Sunderman account isn't threatening to harm the whole family if the people don't participate, or if they if they threat if they, they did. Did I they? thought they did. Uh, I thought that they, they, they encouraged. They encouraged, but I don't think they threatened to harm the family if they decide to stop. This well, particular site is saying that if you want to pull out, we're going to harm you, your family. To me, that's criminal. Yeah, that's criminal. And so right. I can't understand how the site is still active. Something doesn't sound right. Some news sources claim kids are participating in dangerous activities due to the Momo Challenge, and others claim it is a hoax being used to stir hype and fear-mongering. I don't know. I don't know. Because this is the second time it came past me, you know, so... Right. Um, so I, I don't get it because I cannot in all... Uh, I just can't... I just... With, with all this out there, I just cannot fathom or believe that they will leave the site active, in which case parents just start a class act lawsuit and sue. YouTube and the kids channel for exposing their children to something so dangerous. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because YouTube should be the main ones, you know. If they somebody posts and stuff like a that. kids channel? Especially, you know, because they're supposed to be, you know, um, observing the content. And right, and monitoring this and, and censoring whatever. those things that aren't, you that's, know. That's bad and stuff, but... Right. So so I'm thinking if, if this type of activity is going on in the kids' channel and they haven't caught it and they haven't acted on it, then something's wrong. <laughs> they, you know, they have no problem acting on Christian stuff. Right. Yeah. And you two should be held responsible along with the they, person they that came up with the mobile right. channel. They right. take down some uh, Christian sites. Or, yes. Or your opinion about same-sex marriage or whatever they right. take. Right. Well, somebody tell a child to kill themselves <laughs> and if you try to pull out, we're going to kill you and your family. That still yeah, remains. I don't... Still stay up there. I hate to say but I don't believe that this could be... If it is, then something is wrong. They should actually get together and, and, and sue. <laughs> 
because well, some whether, child is, is being harmed by regardless, this. The article says, regardless of its veracity, it's better to preemptively address it rather than hope and pray. You never have to act reactively deal with it or something. Yeah, similar. address it. You should take it directly to. They should take it directly to the YouTube uh, organization and, and threaten to uh, have a lawsuit. Some type of. You know, if they see any graphic, like that's going to be any good. Violent, uh, but kids are going to be kids. Pictures, but or they're going images. Yeah, but that's like you know, shucks. I've seen you can talk them to you blue in the face. Yeah, you know, and you get around with with. with, with Peer pressure or, or curiosity, and, and, and I, I think that it's a dangerous thing that they should have such access to things like that. But seeing that it's a kid's channel, and that's the best that YouTube can do as far as monitoring, and they're threatening uh, to harm the family, and they're giving them suggestions according about suicide. You know, it's more than Come just on. this article, and more than what came across my email. It, it, there are people, other people, who are expressing their concern about this. You know, other uh, concerned Christians on YouTube and. Um, yeah, well, they should make sure that. They, but see, you can make sure that your children probably don't have access, but they're probably around other children who have access. So they actually need to go to the source, go to YouTube, and as a group of parents, they need, and they have to hit them where it hurts, which is their pocketbook. All right, moving on. I know everybody is familiar with Benny Hinn. You know who Benny Hinn is? The pastor of Prosperity? Prosperity Gospel Prosperity Preach. Gospel. Okay. He prays for people. And, and well, he has a nephew called, and his name, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's C-O-S-T-I, Costi Hinn. And he's releasing a new book. Which he, in which he is critiquing the prosperity gospel. Now, this article came from the Christian Post, and in a recent blog post, he announced that Zondervan will release his new book in July, and it will be titled "God, Greed, and the Prosperity Gospel: How Truth Overwhelms a Life Built on Lies." And he's saying that I'm eager to see this book used as a tool for God's glory, not for sordid gain. The aim of the book is to dispel teachings of the prosperity gospel. Evidently, there is no love lost between Benny Hinn and his nephew. I don't know. These teachings say that believers have a right to the blessings of health and wealth, and they can obtain these blessings through positive confessions of faith and the sowing of seeds through the faithful payments of tithes and offerings. The pastor went on, he is a pastor, and went on to identify what readers can expect from the book that seeks to change the prosperity gospel with the grit of a bull while displaying the grace becoming of servants of Christ. Operating under the belief that a prosperity gospel book should give more than what it, than it takes. He plans to give away thousands of dollars in books and resources to those who pre-order in the coming months as well as pastors around the world. In just the first month since pre-orders began, 100 books were donated to the Central Africa Baptist College and Seminary to support the pastors who are training for ministry. Africa is one of the most plagued countries in the world when it comes to the prosperity theology. 
The pastor says that while his book will upheave people's bad theology, it is also designed to help with the theological rebuilding process. Now, the goal is, of the book is to destroy speculations and even lofty thinking. And every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And he's uh, basing that on 2 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. And shed the light of truth into dark places. And finally, he says that any profits from the book won't be used for his personal gain. He said, imagine the irony of me writing a book on prosperity gospel only to make a ton of money off of royalties so I can live like a king, he says. Right, I, because I, I believe this gospel uh, that they have based around prosperity is just another way of teaching people how to get around the word of God to serve mammon. Because it says in Matthew, you can't serve two masters. See, so you won't be able to serve uh, both. He said you're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. So you can't, you're going to love one and you're going to despise the other. So you can't serve God and mammon. And to me, the prosperity gospel teaches uh, people that it's all right to try to serve mammon and, and under the guise of giving God the glory, which they, they're just mutually exclusive. You just can't do it. And he said, the Lord told us, you know, to, to make your life goal to be uh, prosperous in this world is self-defeating. So he said that the fowls of the air, the, uh, the, the they don't reap. He said, but yet the Lord blesses them. And he said, now you can't you can't add to your stature. You can't take away from it. He said. Uh, he said. Then he gave the examples of the lilies of the field. He said Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. And then he said, if the Lord does. He clothes the grass of the field. He said the Lord will clothe us. But see, for some people that's not enough. See, they, they want more than. You don't realize how how blessed they are. If you have clothing, if you have a, in the natural, if you have a roof over your head, you have food on your table. That's a blessing from the Lord. People want more than this, but they don't allow the Lord to add it. They're being taught. You know, that the Lord wants to prosper you, so you just seek after it, and so, but you don't have to. You're supposed to seek the Lord. And so the Lord told me, you don't take any thought. He said, because that's what the Gentiles do. That's what the world does. You know, and so the Lord said, for your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. He said, he knows that you need all these things. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And, and, and this, this would be, if they're talking about a prosperity gospel, and they would have had it over with within 15 minutes. And so they're devoting all this time and energy into trying to gain wealth when all you have to do is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's it. All this, what they're doing now is just teaching people to serve mammon. I think what they do is um, they reach... Um, people who are vulnerable you know like you could be lying awake at night and thinking about all these things that you need or bother you or your bills or or all these money problems you can't sleep and turn on tv and what do you find as a preacher telling you that that if you send me x amount of money god's gonna bless you and you won't, you'll be out of debt the same thing you know it um 
One of my other pet peeves is like, they have these commercials. If you are in debt over X amount of dollars, thousands of dollars, just call Credit Associate. I think that's called, I don't know. And we can help you. But they don't tell you that, that really we're fishing. We're fishing for customers. That's right. no different than you get these fake emails and they're fishing for suckers, you know? Right. They're fishing for people who, because the truth is, is that if you call them, they'll say, tell you, send me some money and we can, we can negotiate. But they don't tell you that they wait a year before they negotiate and for a whole year or more you're sending them mon your hard-earned money that you could be send spending on your debts. I mean, that's the same thing with the preachers. You know, you wait and you wait and you wait for your blessing to come and, and you see somebody else getting rich and you're not. Yes, I was thinking also um, that... Um I get you get these letters in the mail, and they call a letter to a friend, and it's by this this organization, St. Matthew's Churches or something like that, and you can never reach back to them, you can never, you know, call them, you can never do anything. But if you send, if a person send them something, a vulnerable person send them something, if they want money or something like that, real bad or something like that, then if they send them something, then they'll send you back. All of this stuff, and they use like the scriptures, and they'll they'll say, well, they'll put these things. And if you put pennies on your door and all that type of stuff, you'll get blessed. You'll be rich. You'll do this. Right. It's teaching you to serve mammon, and and basically, it's teaching you that money is the is the answer to all your problems. We know that the Lord says uh, that money answers, you know, basically all needs as far as the, things that are in the natural, but the Lord supplies it. You're looking for the Lord to undertake for you, but they're teaching the people that money in and of itself is your final solution, and if you have that, then you don't have a need for anything else, then all your problems will be resolved, and, and it's just simply not so, and you're right. What they do is they're asking people for money, for their money, Telling you, if you give me your money, then the Lord will bless you. And that, that should send up a red flag right there, you know. Give me your money, and then God will bless you. And so they might use scriptures like if you give a, 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 a prophet, if you give a, an offering, like in the name of a prophet, you're going to receive a prophet's reward if you do this, if you do that. I said, but that's, if you give looking for a prophet's reward, you're not looking for money to answer or solve all your problems. And these people are actually worshiping money. It's as if like money is their God. And the Lord told us, we don't do that. We seek first the kingdom of God. And all of this, the Lord would take care of it. You just have to trust him to do it. And so when people start chasing after money, or if they give an offering, but they give it with intent, now, now I'm going to see what God is going to do for me, or I'm giving this, I want to see the great return on, on my offering, that's the wrong spirit in which, to, in which to give it. And if you're coming to church to see if you're going to prosper financially, that's the wrong spirit. That's not going to help, help at all. And that's why you'll find a lot of people who actually are rich in the natural resources are starving spiritually mm -hmm. and and they just they're so miserable well anyway moving on um the history channel announced in january 
that they will be releasing a new TV miniseries that follows the life of Jesus as both man and the Messiah. It's going to come out in, on March 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I believe it's coming out. You know, it, all these shows, because we're getting toward Passover and Easter, and, you know, everybody's going to be coming out with these, these shows. The History Channel <clears throat> is going to call the show Jesus. And it's going to be an eight-part television series that shows his life from the perspective of those who are around him. Oh, Lord. The Christian Post reports that episodes will show Jesus' life through the perspective of friends, family, and followers, including Joseph, Mary, John the Baptist, oh, Peter, Judas, Caiaphas, Pontius Pilate, and Mary Magdalene. Oh, According to the TV series finale, each episode will take viewers on a journey through the life of Jesus, starting with his virgin birth and ending with the resurrection uh, all right now viewers will see and experience the life of jesus as never before i bet <laughs> the series will be a mix of dramatization and interviews with prominent dramatization lies scholars preachers and historians oh goodness the christian post reports that among the near 30 experts interviewed for the series are television for the series, our television pastor at Lakewood Church, Joel Osteen, oh, Episcopal Bishop Michael Curry, mm -hmm. and New Testament professor at the Ashbury mm -hmm. Theological Seminary in Ben Witherington, Illinois. Mm -hmm. So the show is uh, produced by Newtopia, distributed by A&E, and is set to premiere March 25th. Well, let me know how it was. <laughs> I, I hate watching those type of shows because when they start to distort the truth and they and they begin to talk about the Lord as if he was just like a, I mean uh, just like a footnote in history, I, I just can't take those type of things because they don't give God the glory. So, well, that concludes our program for this week, and next week we'll tell you about another documentary that's coming out. Praise the Lord, and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Proverbs 21 and 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord, and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, What does the law of the Lord do to the soul? And the answer is, convert the soul and that answer can be found in psalms chapter 19 verse 7 the law of the lord is perfect converting the soul this week's food for thought is what does the testimony of the lord do hint the bible and that's food for thought Thank you.